Thank you for joining us for The Bridge, a podcast production featuring LCA's middle school team. Today is the first in a two-part discussion on Legacy's middle school approach to honors classes, including some changes in the upcoming 2021-2022 school year. Joining us are host Adam Housley, Senior Director of Advancement, Dr. Joy Bell, Middle School Principal, Mrs. Courtney Jennings, Senior Director of Pre-K through 8th Grade Academics, and Mr. Joey Roach, Middle School Assistant Principal. Courtney, as we talk about next year and, and course requests are out, um, and, and I think they're due just around the corner, one of the new options for a couple of our grades was they have the option to select into honors courses. And I think that's for sixth and seventh grade. Can you talk about what changes were made and why it's important to expand the honor course offerings in the middle school? Sure, absolutely. Yes, course requests are due this week and just around the corner, but obviously still open for new enrollees that we still have coming in and returning students. This is different than what has been done in the past as far as having honors classes in sixth and seventh grade. We have had honors classes in eighth grade in previous years, and we felt that we wanted to open up this opportunity for seventh graders and sixth graders to be challenged to be able to grapple with content a little bit more than what they're currently doing in the classroom. And parents ask, well, what is the biggest difference between honors and regular? Well, it's a multitude of things. It's not necessarily that an honors class goes faster or they have more work. There will be times in the class that acceleration is part of it, but that also applies for honor, uh, for regular as well, because it depends upon the schema and the background of the students, the skill being taught and the delivery of the teacher and what they're asked to do to be able to go into a greater depth of complexity. And so we really designed this program to meet the needs of those high achieving students to be able to have that advanced learning opportunity that really provides a qualitatively differentiated curriculum and that depth and complexity of subject matter. So we have honors in English literature, math, science, and history that will be for sixth and seventh grade. In eighth grade, there is not quote unquote, an honors class for math, that's because we have pre-algebra and we have algebra. So there's already a, a differentiation between the two of those maths right there. The curriculum will include an extensive part of reading and writing that students will have to do. We do have an initiative next year as well that we will be having writing across the content areas, not just writing in English literature, but writing in science, writing in math, writing in history, and knowing the difference how to write well in those different content areas. Because what I write in science in my scientific investigation is going to be very different than my justification and my mathematical problem that I'm doing to communicate to the teacher. Students, we will be more vertically aligned in our curriculum next year as we are going through a curriculum realignment and rebooting of sorts. And this new curriculum is really going to provide teachers opportunities to differentiate whether they're in honors or not, regular or not. Different students have different needs and have different backgrounds coming into the classroom. And a teacher being able to respond to that is critical, whether they're in honors or in regular classes. So I don't want parents to feel like, oh, I have to put my kid on honors because they're not going to receive that in regular. That is absolutely untrue. They definitely will receive differentiation, 
challenging work, um, depth of complexity there as well, but it will just look different than what it has in the past. And I think that's a great lead in to the next question. I think as educators, we see this, but sometimes there's an assumption that the honors classes only benefit the honors students. Can you talk about how differentiating the curriculum can truly benefit a student in an honors class and a student in a non-honors class? Sure. I'll talk about the regular class right now. I have a two middle schoolers, both very active in sports outside of the classroom. Um, they love coming to school and, and to learn, but they're also involved in extracurricular activities. And for one of my students, you know, taking honors classes right now going into the seventh grade is not necessarily feasible for him. And But that doesn't mean that he's not going to be challenged in those regular classes. Like I said before, come in with different backgrounds and different learning styles, different schema. And teachers are able to build upon that within their classroom based upon the needs of the students. We use ACT Aspire assessments to help our teachers guide instruction and know what students already know and how to be able to respond to that. And if they don't know it, how are they going to respond for students to master that content area? We are not about grades. A grade does not always tell you the great information of the knowledge of the student. We really want to know mastery of skills. And by mastery of skills, that can come in a wide array of projects, choice, of creativity that we're able to provide students. Then we have students who their love is a different level of learning and they're not involved in maybe outside curricular activities or dance or things like that. And I've spoken to many parents like they are excited about this honors program because they want to continue to challenge themselves in a different way than what they've done before. And I talk a lot about depth of complexity, and that is what the ACT Aspire standards are built off of. And we're able to scaffold those levels of depth of complexity for each content area for students. You can't just automatically um, ask students a level three depth of complexity in math or in English literature. You have to scaffold that. So between honors and regular, honors class may be ready to pursue a level three type of assignment or activity, whereas a regular class maybe need to spend a little bit more time on a level two type of depth of complexity activity or knowledge base. That way, different classes are still learning the same content, still learning the same skills, still going to be assessed the same way, but they're able to move and respond to the needs of the students in a different time um, within the honors class. Yeah, so in, in, in part of what I hear you saying is that by offering an honors in a, in a regular class, we're, we are, in fact, actually able to challenge more students at the level that they're actually at and, and therefore potentially reaching them in, in a better way than we would when we just have all of our students in, in one class combined. Absolutely. It, it's also it's the teacher being able to respond to the needs of those students within that class at that time, for sure. Yeah, great. Thank you. Dr. Bell, I was going to see if if you would kind of talk to this point that I believe as an educator, there's often a misconception regarding the profile of an honors student that oftentimes intelligence is associated with taking honors classes. Can you offer a clarification or insight on that idea? 
I would love to. You know, intelligence is really defined by many different indicators. Um, And for some students, their intelligence can be captured numerically in their profile. So those are the students that maybe are always, they always have a 97 in their class or, or a 99 or a 92, an A student. However, for some students, their intelligence is not demonstrated in numbers. It's demonstrated in their high levels of interest in a particular subject area. It's demonstrated in the questions that they're asking the teacher. It's demonstrated in the out-of-the-box questions. And I'm an out-of-the-box leader, and I love out-of-the-box thinkers. And it's that kid that's sort of like, hey, I hadn't thought about that that way. Those are the children that we're looking for. So we're not only looking for those who are you know, numerically at the top, but the ones who are always thinking, they're always asking, they're always, the teacher's always on their toes. And, I, and when I taught years and years ago, I would remember that child. And sometimes I'd say, oh, I wish they won't ask me that in front of everybody because I don't have the answer to that, right? But the reality is those are the ones that we want. Those are the ones that we want in those classes. Um, And so I know there's a misconception for me. I really, if I can do anything today, it's really to take that away. Well, that my child doesn't have a 92 in in science, but are they curious? Will they persevere? Those kinds of different things. Are they an out-of-the-box thinker? So all of those things matter into the multiple intelligences of children, which are not always shown numerically. Very good. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bridge, which is the first in a two-part series. Be sure and subscribe to receive a notification when part two is available.